Hi, I'm Sean McCambridge, Managing Director of Stellar Recruitment. Thanks for joining me on this journey to uncover the secrets of inspirational leaders. The reason I put this together is to share the unique journeys of these successful individuals and really unpack how they've achieved success and hopefully inspire others to do similar things. So thanks for tuning in and listening, and I hope you enjoy the series. part of the Stellar Recruitment Inspirational Leaders podcast series. Just want to kick off with asking the question, who is Justin Langer? Uh, where did it all start? Where are you from? Well, I mean, from Western Australia, Sean, and it's uh, nice to be living back in WA. I lived a really transient life in the sense that since I was about 16 years of age, I went to England on a schoolboy's cricket tour, and I've basically been all around the world ever since, uh, playing cricket in England, um, playing internationally for Australia, coaching for Australia, and now I'm finally home. So I was born and bred in Perth, and now I'm finally home in Perth. I've been here for the last five years coaching the West Australian cricket team. So it's a really nice feeling. I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't change the other part of my life for anything, though. No, fantastic. Um, I want to pick up on the earlier question around uh, some of the leaders you've worked with. You, you talked about Steve Waugh. I believe, you know, he said at one point, uh, you know, once you get to the top level of cricket, it's 90% mental, 10% talent. In your opinion, how critical is having a, a healthy mindset and how have you gone about shaping yours? Oh, yeah, mindset's everything. That said, it's not... A, I hear that a lot. I hear that discussion a lot. But um, in, my, in my view... Peak performance is getting a synergy between a number of areas. One of them is physical. Certainly in sport, you can't have success without um, a, a high level of fitness. The second one's technique, of course. Whatever sport you play in our, in our game, technique's critically important. Um, the mental side of the game. And then there's also the spiritual side of it for me, which is a couple of things. Um, the spiritual side is being happy off the field, having balance, because I always felt as an athlete, if I was happy off the field, I had some talent and I worked hard. If I was happy off the field, then I'd be able to um, usually perform on the field. So there's that spiritual side. But there's also the other part of the spiritual side is having that fight. You know, there's a thing in sport, everything's measured now. We know everyone's skin folds, 2K time trial. We know... Um, how far they move in every game, everything is measured. But what you can't measure is this, uh, you could, the spirit or the mental part of the fight you have. I mean, if I stand up to a fast bowler and sure, I've worked on my technique and sure, I'm physically fit and strong um, and sure, I'm concentrating as well as I possibly can, but you've got to have something even deeper than that. There's sort of, call it spirit, call it fight, that you're ready to take on the opposition because... You know, it takes some courage and you really want to going to want to be out there. You've really got to want it um, to to be there because in, in international sport, there's nowhere to hide. And unless you've got that spirit and that fight and that hunger and desire, then you're in all, you know, you've got no chance. So there's lots of parts. You've got to get the synergy right for that to have the success in high performance. It's not just about the mental aspect of the game. Oh, fantastic. I think... Uh... 
Great answer. Uh, I'm just going to build on that a little bit. Um, through the time I've known you, I know that you're a voracious uh, reader. I know that you've worked with different people and surrounded yourself with uh, you know, maybe mentors or people that have been successful in different aspects of life uh, to help you grow and develop. Um, can you talk about any of those relationships and, and what role they've played in, in helping you grow as a leader or a person? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> I mean, I, I literally wouldn't be here now. I've, I've incredible mentors. Uh, starts with my dad, uh, who's his work ethic was second to none. Uh, also, he was strong. He, he was my mum and dad used to play the good cop, bad cop r- routine. You know, if I showed any second of weakness or frustration or disappointment, my dad would say. Do I know like wherever I was in the world? Do I need to come over and kick your backside, son? You know, get your leg, your tail from between your legs. Get up, stand tall, and get on with it. And then my mum would come in. Oh, are you okay, darling? Everything okay? Don't listen to dad. Don't be so hard on him, Colin. Um, so it used to make me feel good. Oh, I felt better just for the good cop, bad cop routine. Um, but my parents, both my parents, um, but male mentor, my dad. Um, I, I, I had some in- unbelievable coaches particularly uh batting coaches because and we form great relationships through um learning how to master the art of batting so uh, kenny muleman and bob muleman and, and noddy holder not necessarily some of the your listeners are names they would have heard but just strong men like they were strong men who who helped me you know i had a personal trainer steve smith who was you know tough 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 as i had a as a couple of martial arts teachers, one Johnny Andrew was the toughest, roughest, meanest bloke in the world. But you know, and he used to make me cry a bit. But looking back on it, Caesar, he was had a huge impact on my life. You know, I had an economics teacher by the name of uh, Phil O'Mara, uh, so Ron O'Mara, who was just he pulled me aside as a 16 year old kid, and what an impact! I've I've written about him, I've spoken about him a lot. He had the courage to pull me in line um, as a young kid. So uh, a gentleman by the name of Nigel Ray, who owns the Saracens Rugby Union Club and, you know, very successful businessman. I met him when I was a 19-year-old. I stayed at his house and played at his cricket club. What an impact he's had on my life. So, you know, the list goes on. Uh, I've been so lucky. And I think it's one of the, I guess in a lot of ways, one of the things we have to be wary of in our community today that, Kids, especially boys, have strong male role models around them, strong male mentors around them. In the world of you know, high divorce rates and um, uh, and, and different uh, options for kids, having you know, I, I fear that a lot of young boys don't have these strong male role models or mentors. And without them, life's a lot tougher. Yeah, no, it seems like you've been active in seeking out those that you can learn from, and I think that's great to have that willingness to do so, and obviously they've had a, a big impact in your life. Uh, I just want to sort of, you know, pick up on part of that and crystallise a moment in time. In 2004, you scored uh, 1,481 runs, which is a phenomenal effort. Uh, I want to ask you the question, what was unique about that year? How did that all come about? I remember it really well, actually, that... I went to a guy called, he talked about seeking out uh, mentors. I went to a guy by the name of Brad Hardingham and I said to him at the start of the pre-season, I want you to train me like you'd train a world champion boxer. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I want you to train me like you'd train a world champion. He's a boxer. 
acting coach and he, he said, okay. And he put me through some stuff. Oh, like there wasn't much fun to it. I'll give you the big tip, but, <laughs> um, but I just, that was my mindset. There's an old saying, everyone would have heard the saying, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Well, for me, it was actually the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. And, uh, you know, I worked extremely hard that year. And then, so, um, and I got rewarded for that, I think. Uh, and the other thing about those those sort of periods in time, never underestimate confidence and a bit of luck as well. So uh, you work hard, you do get a bit of luck, but as you start performing, you get confident. And with confidence, you feel, you feel indestructible. So uh, important, it was a great year, great year um, with really good lessons learned. Yeah, good, uh, good answer. Um, being part of the Australian team, as you would have been well aware, uh, and the pressures and expectations that come with that, further to your role as coach, and obviously the constant scrutiny um, that uh, comes with these sorts of positions, and, and your own expectations. I mean, what can you tell us about your tips for managing expectations and stress? Uh, the first thing about managing expectations and stress is honesty. Get to the heart of it. You've got, if you know. If you know and um, what the truth is, then everything will be okay. So if you know you're working hard, if you look yourself in the mirror and you know you're working hard and you know you've got good people around, you know that you're um, speaking honestly to people and you're expecting honesty back, I think truth's really important there. Um, and it sounds too simple, but it's it's so true because what, what happens, usually you, get, you can get caught up in other people's opinions or other people's expectations or you hear the whispers and, and particularly in this world of social media like I'm on no social media because I, I'd get to um, the, 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 I guess the faceless critics out there and a lot of people get caught up in that and they get affected by it so um, as long as you know what the truth is and you you stick to what's important to you in my case our, my and our values if you stick to those things, then you know you, you what you're doing is you're concentrating on the process rather than the outcome. And again, that might seem like a cliche, but it's actually so true. If you concentrate on what you can control, you concentrate on the processes, then usually the outcome will look after themselves. And you know you can sleep you can sleep well at night um, knowing you're doing that. Well, I guess there's a sense of empowerment and control there as well that like you're maybe alluding to in the sense that you can't control what the critics are going to say or write about, but all you can control is executing your process. And if you're in control of that, you know, that gives you a sense of confidence and maybe mitigate some of that stress with being helpless. You're actually sort of in a roundabout way and you're in control of your own destiny. Yeah, I think so. One of the other great lessons I learned from life in international sport was that the, the the media which we get so caught up in sometimes it's just an industry honestly it's just a massive industry and the day I stepped out of it and I started doing some work in the media you realise that that's all it is that they've got to find things to say and the and the the great liberating philosophy I had was that if I play well they'll write nice things if I don't play well they won't write nice things they'll be tough on you so. And that's life. And, and and if you, again, simplify it to that, then it takes a lot of pressure off. It means that you're, you're working really hard to play well. As I, you'll hear me say a lot, it's more fun winning than losing. Um, but if you're playing well, they'll write nice things. If you're not, if you simplify it down to that, then you don't take it so personally. 
Absolutely. I mean, we've talked a, a little bit uh, or a fair bit and the listeners will be well aware of your achievements in sport. I want to sort of pivot that on its head a little bit and, and talk about adversity. Um, as you're well aware in sport, you're only a few games away from being on the outer, be that a form slump, injury. What can you t- tell us about your relationship with adversity and how have you navigated through any tough times? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, looking back on it now in my life, the toughest times were actually the best times in my life. But at the time when it happens, if, for example, you get dropped or you get injured or things don't go to plan, well, you can't see past the end of the nose. You think it's the end of the world. But looking back, they were really uh, crucial times in my life because it meant I had to get better. If I wanted to get back in the Australian team, I had to get better. So it was a really good opportunity to have a good, honest look at myself and say, did I have to improve something physically or improve something mentally or improve something technically or improve something spiritually in my life? So yeah, really good. And, and look, it happened a lot. I was always on edge. But the other thing about being on edge um, and adversity, I actually, I, I probably, and there's a lot of people out there, I, I probably ran on this fear of failure uh, I honestly did. I, 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 it was a real motivator. The fear for failure for me was a really strong motivator and um, it kept me on edge. It kept me on my toes. It certainly, there was no room for complacency and it was always about how I could get better. So um, from that point of view, adversity and the fear of adversity was a real, really strong motivator and inspiration for me. Um and I, look, I, I always laugh now when I hear, for in, in cricket terms, when I hear a, a, one of our kids say, oh, yeah, I was just feeling good, and then I got out. I said, what do you mean you're just feeling good? Don't ever let yourself feel good, because that's the moment. That's, that's what I'd say. You, there's no room for complacency. There's no room for comfort in high performance. Um, as soon as you do, as soon as you think you've got it mastered, oh, Usually mother cricket or mother life will come and give you a little slapping just to remind you. Now, I think that's, uh, again, that's as true in sport as it is in, in life or business or, or whatever. And, and, I, and I love the way that you've seen some of those challenging times of adversity as an opportunity. And you've reframed that to be an opportunity to grow or, or look at what you're doing and, and tweak that or evolve something. And it's really a catalyst for growth as opposed to looking backwards and sort of capitulating under that stress or adversity. So I think a uh, great answer there. Yeah, it's tough at the time. Don't get me wrong. It's really tough at the time when you're going through it. But I think you've also got a choice. You can you can either keep moving forward or you can quit or you can give up or you can feel sorry for yourself. Or um, And that's that's a, a, the, the, the question of life comes to you right then. When those tough, the toughest time, okay, what are you going to do? whether it's through illness, whether it's through, you know, business, whether it's through life, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep fighting it? Are you going to keep moving forward? Are you going to keep you using this experience to um, to keep producing different layers to your character? Or are you going to give up? What are you going to do? And I know, I, know, I know what my answer always was and always will be till I die, I hope. And, and I don't think I, I, I know, and I'm sure other people that know you well, I think one of the most uh, critical traits of yours is, is resilience, is that fight. I think you, you, you keep you know, you know keep turning up and, and you're, you're not the person to sort of give up. And I think uh, resilience, further some of those are things, uh, is a great trait to have no matter what you're embarking on in life because life uh, throws some curve curveballs. So I think that resilience is, is key. 
I just want to take the conversation towards, you talk about the process, um, and I want to talk about some of the, the rituals or practices you adopt to get out of most uh, the most out of each day or just out of yourself in general. Yeah, look, I think my, my favourite philosophy in the world is the pain of discipline. There's nothing like the pain of disappointment. And so as a, as a batsman, I, I definitely had my, my routine and it was like my Bible. If I stuck with my routine, then... Um, I'd usually be okay. That was out in the middle. And in life, you know, we're very habitual people as human beings. So uh, my meditation is important. I learned how to meditate in, back in 1993. And I've basically meditated every day since. I get up early and I do my meditation every day. I'm really I'm staying fit is important to me. Um, but also, so there's those things, but also taking time to keep working on my friendships, you know, I keep in touch with my friends. It's whether it's through text message or whether it's through an email or whether it's with a phone call or whether we actually get together face to face, you know, it takes discipline to, as silly as this sounds, to keep working on your friendships and um, whether that's at home with your family or whether it's with your actual mates. Um, those things are important. One of the most important values to me are loyalty, and that comes with my family. My family family is everything to me, and as are my mates. So you've got to work hard on that, staying fit and healthy, that you've got nothing without your health. So therefore, I it's really important to me that I stay fit and healthy. So I've got to give, make that a priority in my life every day. Um, and my meditation, keeping, keeping um, some balance in my life, I just find with meditation, it helps me compartmentalise. It keeps me my mind nice and organised, um, and it helps me relax as well. I'm a, quite a serious person, and I'm busy. I'm incredibly busy, but it actually gives me that relaxation time every day, apart from sleeping. So that's I find it to be really valuable, valuable for me, and um, you know, I'd recommend it to anyone to have a go at learning about meditation. Now, a couple of quick points uh, on that. Uh, I admire your discipline, and I think uh, Aristotle said um, excellence isn't an act, it's a habit, and, and I think that goes back to having a process. And, and I think the other important uh, thing that you, you touch on there that uh, I'm becoming more mindful of is um, the importance around maintaining you know friendships and connectivity uh, with other people. Um, and there was a Harvard study, and over 70 years they, they looked at what were prevalent themes of uh, a group of young men uh, from high socioeconomic and low socioeconomic areas and tried to look at any themes or patterns and they made certain assumptions. The only theme or pattern they could find at the end of that is irrespective of coming from a wealthy neighbourhood or a poorer neighbourhood, the people that were the happiest uh, seven years down the track were the, those that had the best relationships, relationships with their friends, with their family, and you know they had that sort of connectivity in their, in their community. So I think... Uh, some really good points that you've um, you've touched on. I want to I, I want to you know take things to a different angle, JL. And obviously, Sue's been a massive uh, part of your journey, your wife. Um, if we would ask Sue to define who JL is, what would she say? <laughs> well, she's, I've been going, I've been out with Sue since I was fifteen years old, so. Um, she's been my girlfriend, my childhood sweetheart, so she probably knows me better as, or as well as anyone, certainly my mum, my dad and my brothers or sisters. So what would Sue say about me? I should say I was pretty serious, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think she'd also, she'd also 
um, tell anyone if she was doing this interview, I'm, I'm incredibly loyal. I'm loyal to my family. I'm loyal to my friends. So, and that's a, um, you know, and I, I'm been loyal to her for a long time. So, um, she'd say that. She'd say I'm a hard worker. She'd also say I don't know how to say no very well. Um, she's always on to me about, oh, you've got to, you've got to learn to say no every now and then. You're too busy. So that's okay. That's what wives do. Um, she'd probably say in the relationship, um, in the relationship, um, she, I'm the dreamer and she's the practical one. So um, she, I guess, keeps me real. Like I dream a lot. There's all sorts of things I want to do. Um, and she probably just makes sure that I keep it real. She's like the, um, she keeps the business running and I just keep doing the dreaming. So, but she's amazing support. As I've spoken about a lot in this interview, my family is really important to me. Um, in fact, it's the way I've got four daughters as well. So she, um, she and the girls, they, they, they keep it real for me. They keep, make life worth living for me. That oh, sounds like a, a great partnership, great recipe, mate. And obviously she's, uh, the two of you have created a great foundation for the family to achieve what, uh, you guys have achieved. Uh, I know that you're a massive advocate of goals. When you spoke at our conference a number of years ago, you talked about having your goals visible. I think they're laminated in your shower, so literally every day you got to, to see them and remind you of what you work towards. I want to ask you uh, what's left to achieve? What are some of your future goals? Well, the first thing I'll say is I'm, I'm sitting in my office now in Perth and there's still there's a number 1248 written in on my whiteboard and I tell the story a lot but and it, when all the young kids come through and they're sitting in my office when I first was dropped from the Australian cricket team I thought okay how am I get back in that was back in 1993 and they said um and I looked it up and the record in Sheffield Shield cricket was from a guy by the name of Graham Yeller who had 1248 runs so I thought okay if I want to get back in the Australian cricket team I'm going to break that record so 1248 and it still sits in my office today because it's just a reminder of how important um, achieving that those goals are. So what is there to achieve? Oh, there's lots. <laughs> there's so much. I, I mean, I'm so lucky. I, keep, I love learning. I, I love um, new experiences. And uh, there's plenty. I mean, what's most important with your goals is that you know what's getting you out of bed every day. Um, and sometimes your goals aren't as obvious to other people as they are to you so what's most important whether it's money related or so material related whether it's something you're trying to be make your family proud or make your friends proud or whatever it is um, it's what makes you get out of bed every morning what gives you that drive that fight that deep down spirit to to keep moving forward so um, there's plenty of things I still want to achieve in this life Sean I promise you that um, and I'll keep chipping away at it every single day, I reckon. Every day I get out of bed, I'll keep chipping away at it. Now, well, I'm clear that there will be some great things to come, and I'm also clear that you, you've got a real sense of purpose uh, across a, a range of different avenues, so I think uh, you made some good points there. Um, I'm going to get you to sort of get a little bit reflective on things now, JL. So looking back, uh, you're by no means finished uh, on your journey. Uh, in actual fact, you know, perhaps uh, uh, only at the early stage of it, but... You've got a beautiful family, you've had a great career, you're well on your way to leaving a, a legacy. If you were to write a letter to uh, to that keen and ambitious, energetic 21-year-old, what key pieces of uh, wisdom would you impart on him? Or put a, another way, maybe, um, you know, how are you imparting your journey and learnings onto your daughters? Well, 
Uh, yeah, I, I talk a lot about... I, I think the one thing I, we have in the West Australian cricket team, um, we have a one of our few, I guess, uh, mottos is the Cully Slater theory. And the Cully Slater theory is that he talked about... When I get into a when I get to a point where I don't really care whether I win or lose, I usually win. And it's such a when you dig sort of dig into that, it's really powerful. So in other words, when I sort of let go, when I let go and I concentrate on what's important, I do what I'm good at. Then I usually because he had great talent and he had a great work ethic and he had good experience, he usually won. So if I could look back, I'd say to myself. You know, sometimes it's important to let go. Sometimes the harder you try, the worse it gets. And you try, you want it so much. Sometimes you just got to let go a bit. And uh, maybe I, I worried about things too much. Maybe I tried hard at times. Um, and that's all part of my learning of me becoming a leader now and a coach now. But um, And I had to go through that. But if uh, looking back, sometimes you just got to let go. Let trust, trust the universe. Trust that if you're doing the right things, trust if you're working hard, trust if you're sticking to your processes, trust if you're doing things as well as you possibly can, um, then everything will be okay. So sometimes I got caught too too much up in the future. Sometimes I worried too much about the past. Um, if I could look back and write that letter to a 21-year-old, don't worry so much. Just trust it. Let go. Trust. Keep working hard. Keep setting your goals. Keep knowing what your dreams are but just trust it'll be okay because life usually is okay. Great answer. Great answer and some similarities there with what Richie McCall talked about in the last podcast. But I, I want to get close to concluding this podcast, uh, JL, and I'm going to ask you to put your humble nature aside. Uh, if you were to boil it down to a couple of key principles, why has Justin Langer been successful? You know, What, what has been your, your formula for success thus far? Uh, I think the discipline's one of them, and discipline and work ethic. I think my willingness to keep learning. I think my willingness to seek out great mentors. Um, those things are really important. And, and look, a lot of people. You mentioned it earlier, Sean, that um, about mentors. You got to be willing. You got to be willing to find great people because there's so many amazing teachers out there. So my willingness to do that. I think humility is important. Um, Steve Waugh used to say, never get too high, never get too low, just keep it nice and even. Um, so there's that. I've had amazing people around me. I, I still have amazing people around me, but, you know, to have my pet, my family, uh, unbelievable support, some amazing friends, um, some of my colleagues I work with, some of the colleagues I played with, you know, you can't do it by yourself. I mean, it's guys like Matthew Hayden and Ricky Ponting and, Adam Gilchrist and Damian Martin and the War Brothers, um, Shane Warne, Glenn, they're like my brothers. They are literally like my brothers. So I was lucky to have those people around me. Don't ever think you can do it just by yourself. Um, and that's it. And, and the other thing is keep it real. Remember remember what's important. What, what is important? What gets you out of bed in the morning? And I was always really clear with that. Um, and the other thing is I've got really strong faith. You know, my faith's been important, for me, especially in really tough times. Um, so that's been important for me as well. No, I think some awesome uh, aspects there uh, that you've touched on that are 
obviously it's worked for you and, and certainly over the years, mate, you've inspired me, you've inspired a, a bunch of other people and, and uh, I really admire what you've achieved and um, and also, you know, I think your constant desire to iterate on where you are and, and get better as a as a as a as a as a leader, as a dad, as a as a human being. So Look, we're very grateful that you've, you've joined us here today, uh, covered some great points, and, and uh, I look forward to uh, watching what comes next for, for you, JL. But uh, thanks so much for playing part of the series and, and sharing your journey. Thanks, Sean. Could have spoke for hours, but I really appreciate the opportunity.